0: Okay, get ready. Do it with some hype, man. Do it with some hype. I'm, I'm hyping you up. You always like... Ready, ready, ready? No
1: low energy. No low energy. No low energy. Door has been slammed. Hype has been hyped. Ah! <laughs> ah! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fast Pass, the history podcast. In close to 30 minutes or less, as always, I am Jason.
0: He's a pterodactyl, and I'm Megan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh... Aside from the pterodactyl screeching, today we're talking about Mother Teresa, who is a very opinionated woman. And
0: there's nothing wrong with opinionated women.
1: Well, there's nothing wrong with opinionated women, unless they're seen as extreme even by, like, Catholic Church standards. Look,
0: the Catholic Church is extreme in itself, so... Oh, no, you just made your home point. Yeah, because
1: of the whole uh, Templars, the Crusades, the Spanish Inquisition, the...
0: The schism.
1: The schism, the whole... uh,
0: murder uh missionaries in Latin America. There's
1: the missionaries in Latin America. Um,
0: you know what pretty much everything is the
1: scandals with them having sex with children. Children.
0: That's still going on today and people just hide it.
1: Yeah. Like anyways, but yeah, the, that's uh extreme by their standards at the time.
0: So you can only imagine.
1: Yeah. But let's just take it back from the beginning.
0: The the, <laughs> the beginning.
1: Let's take it back from the beginning. <laughs> Agnes, I'm going to mess this up.
0: I wanted to say gonorrhea, but that's not it at all.
1: Agnes Goncha Bojakshu?
0: You're the one who's good at pronouncing things. Don't give me that look.
1: I'm making it all up because I have no idea.
0: Why didn't you just Google it?
1: Yeah. Uh, she was born in uh, Skopje, Macedonia on August 26th, 1910. She's a Virgo. She was the youngest daughter of Nicola and Drana Bajakshu. Uh, her family was of Albanian descent. Mm-hmm. And finally enough, even though Agnes would eventually be known as Mother Teresa, she refused to read anything about herself, any articles or books or whatever, because she was solely focused on her work. And uh, she never really caught up with any of the false information that was put out, specifically of her birthday being on the 27th and not the 26th, until a friend who was also an author asked her about it I was like oh yeah when when was your birthday because people are saying the 27th and i heard it was the 26th oh yeah no it was the 26th
0: i mean out of everything though like out of all the horrible things that the press has written about people getting your birthday wrong is like one of the least offensive things
1: fair enough fair enough um as she grew up she felt the call of god mm. and at the age of eight her father passed away Oof uh at the age of 12 she felt like she was called to service and it wasn't until the age of 18 that she joined the sisters of loretto which was uh, an irish parish that did missions in india
0: so oh, so she moved from macedonia to ireland mm-hmm. and then went from ireland to india yes three countries at 18 years old yes world traveler
1: oh yeah uh, and it was when she was in Ireland with the sisters of Loretto that she gained the name Sister Mary Teresa.
0: And on May twenty fourth, nineteen thirty seven, Sister Teresa made her final profession of vows, becoming, as she said, the quote, spouse of Jesus for quote, all eternity. Hot. From that time, <laughs> from that time on, she was called Mother Teresa.
1: So she went from. Wait,
0: wait, wait! Hold on. You're the spouse of Jesus. Yes. So you're calling yourself Mother Teresa. Yes doesn't make sense.
1: Look, there's pastors who call themselves father, probably because they have daddy issues. So I just accept it. She was a sister and got married and suddenly becomes a mother. Young men. Probably. Ooh. So she went from Agnes to Sister Mary Teresa to Mother Teresa after roughly 27 years on this earth.
0: Pretty accomplished for a uh, 27. Mm-hmm. Now, during this time and for some years later, she taught at St. Mary's High School in Calcutta, India, it is said that she witnessed so much poverty and suffering that it left a, quote, deep impression on her, which led her to ask the church for permission to go and teach and work, quote, amongst the poorest of the poor in the slums.
1: That's pretty selfless of her, uh, to start helping these people, because I know people, myself included, who would see someone in need and just simply dismiss them or act like they're not even there. I guess it's just because we've become so desensitized to uh, homelessness and the suffering of others. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make it good or right, though.
0: No, it definitely doesn't. And it's all, I don't know. It, it's, a, it's all It's propaganda. a huge mess, as it is. Yeah, it's a mess, and it's, like, fucked up that we're taught to, like, mm-hmm. not pay attention to people. As I was walking in New York this weekend, there was so many, and I just, like, you're right. Yeah. So, I guess, you know, we'll give one point to Mother Teresa for being cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but the coolest thing was that she started this, quote, open-air school in the slums, where she would just teach kids and do all of this with no money at all. Mm. Her dedication to helping the poor would eventually lead to other volunteers wanting to join in and offer their time or financial support.
1: Yeah, because uh, apparently at the start of the open-air school, she was teaching them to read and write in the dirt. She would literally draw images in the dirt. Uh, But she would keep this work up for quite some time, and then 13 years later... On October seventh, 1950, she received permission and officially erected her own order known as the Missionaries of Charity. This order, as of 2015, spans 139 countries with over 5,000 active sisters serving and almost 400 brothers actively serving in 21 countries.
0: Yes, yeah, so the main goal of the Missionaries of Charity... Yeah, Missionaries of Charity, was to take care of those that no one else was prepared to look after, which included refugees, former prostitutes, mentally ill, the sick children, abandoned children, lepers, people with AIDS, uh, the elderly, and the convalescent.
1: That's a lot of people, but who are the convalescent?
0: Uh, Convalescent people are those who are recovering from a disease or illness, but they're still capable of infecting others.
1: Well, dang. She sure covers the board in terms of people that she intends to help.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she also set up a bunch of houses specifically meant to take care of people with AIDS. There was a lot of them in the U.S. and later on in other countries.
1: When did she do this?
0: Well, the first house, named Gift of Loved, she opened in New York on a Christmas Eve in 1985, which is crazy because I think she is the most recent person we've done this podcast on then.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I think the closest one other than that was Woodstock. Which is
0: 1969.
1: 1969.
0: But that's it's pretty crazy because when I think Mother Teresa, I think way back. Like, yeah, I think, like, like, 1800s.
1: Like, much further back than 1985. She is. Yeah. So, she opened up this, uh, the house in 1985. Yeah. That was the height of the AIDS epidemic.
0: It was. Um, now let's flash back just slightly to acknowledge that she also won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979.
1: Well, let's not neglect the other awards and recognitions she received throughout her years. Um, according to NobelPrize.org, she received the... Pope John the 23rd Peace Prize in 1971 and the Nehru Prize for her promotion of international peace and understanding in 1972. She also received the Balzan Prize in 1979 and the Templeton and Magsaysay Awards.
0: She's been acknowledged for quite a lot of things.
1: Let's tack on a few more, shall we? Uh, She received the Presidential medal, Medal... she received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Ronald Reagan. Ew. And despite not spending too much time in the states, she was awarded an honorary citizenship in 1996. When we were born. Yeah. She would later pass away in 1997 at the age of 87. It wouldn't be until 2016 that she would be canonized.
0: And remind us what canonized means?
1: Uh that's the process where in her case, Pope Francis looked at the works that she had done and the miracles she had performed and gave her the status of a saint.
0: Yeah, but she didn't perform any miracles.
1: I mean, you can't really tell me that starting an organization that spans 139 countries and teaching kids in the slums of a country where you don't even speak the language isn't a miracle. I mean, I guess. Uh the thing was that when people are placed on a pedestal though, There's always going to be people who want to tear them down.
0: I was going to say, I've heard a lot of things about uh, Mother Teresa, and not all of them are positive, like, at all. Yeah. So I was wondering when we got to that portion of this episode.
1: That's now. That's now. (laughs) Uh, One of the first things was during her Nobel acceptance speech, she said that abortion is, quote, the greatest destroyer of peace.
0: Would I like to introduce her to climate change?
1: Or uh, war.
0: Or uh, genocide.
1: Or propaganda.
0: Or um, dehumanization of people
1: or over nationalism.
0: Oh yeah, hyper-nationalism.
1: Hypernationalism. Um
0: is that too much for this podcast?
1: Nope. <laughs> uh, she would later be heard advocating a ban on divorce to be placed into the Irish constitution. Wow. Yeah. Uh she was a little extreme in the eyes of the Catholic Church for her views.
0: Now I understand what you mean by extreme for the Catholic. Like the Catholic Church does a lot of fucked up things.
1: Yeah, and they don't but they don't but- try to force it into someone's constitution
0: yeah because like you could still be married and like get abused and we just can't get a fucking divorce Mm -hmm. that's a little wild well as bad as it is these things
1: it's pretty bad
0: yeah as bad um, as
1: it is it's pretty (laughs) bad pretty
0: bad what else did she do that people had issue with her
1: well she would say these things but then there was things she did and the first one uh she raised millions of dollars to fund her facilities okay but that's not the problem. It's the fact that the facilities were run down or unsanitary.
0: So that could basically be chalked up to them sending the funds to the wrong place. Yeah. Or if they sent it to food or medicine, they were sent to other locations that maybe wasn't hers or yeah. they weren't the ones that needed to be checked out.
1: Yeah. Maybe it was like an issue with the uh, internal politics of the business. Do you and think someone could like, have
0: been pocketing it?
1: Someone could have been pocketing it.
0: Yeah, which is... Messed up. All right, what else She wasn't very
1: educated, so she wasn't
0: probably the best
1: business-savvy person.
0: She also had none, I mean. Yeah. All right, what else they got?
1: Well, it's said that she refused an audit for all of these rundown locations after getting these millions of dollars. So refusing an audit is a bit sketchy. A bit sketchy. Yeah.
0: But she has more important things to do, like saving lives. What else?
1: Wow, that sounded so scripted. (laughs) 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 Uh, There's a quote saying that... uh, quote, medical treatment was often grossly insufficient and needed care sometimes proved secondary to the goal of converting souls to Catholicism.
0: Uh, I'm getting flashbacks to the 1500s in uh, Latin America where they would bring missionaries over. It's like, how fucked up is it that she's like, I would rather them die and be Catholic than not...
1: Than live outside of God.
0: Like, that's a messed up, very Eurocentric... Yeah. View of things. All right, give us more.
1: Um This is like a solid 1 2 combo, but there's like quite a few on this one. Give us the 1 2. Uh there's the fact that you advocated for the reuse of hypodermic needles. <laughs> um and before anyone decides to be a smart aleck about it, I know that needles can be sterilized and reused if necessary. The issue was that they were never properly sterilized, and one former volunteer said they'd just been dunked in baths of ice water and dried off.
0: I'm pretty sure to sterilize you're supposed to boil them in hot water, not dunk them in freezing cold water.
1: Like, you're supposed to burn away, like, all of that. That's
0: why you'd boil. But you just yeah. stick
1: it in ice water? Yeah, and no, that's okay. That You literally just washed it off. And the, You didn't sterilize you it. You didn't
0: sterilize it. That's disgusting. Yeah. And this is during the height of the
1: This is the height of the AIDS <laughs> epidemic. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Aside from that, another criticism was that she believed she was believed to be a friend of poverty and not of the poor. Uh, she is said to believe that poverty was a gift from God.
0: I feel like, I feel like this is a propaganda that is kind of being spread again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you're just supposed to thank God for everything you have. But like just, back, just like now, back then, there were ways that could have helped people who were in poverty. There were things that could have been done so i think it's kind of messed up that she's like you should thank god that you're poor
1: i feel like this was like a one-two punch from the way that she was brought up because Mm. she was probably brought up like not too rich so she joined the convent to uh help ease the tension on the family Mm -hmm. so in the convent she probably took like a vow of poverty to only have uh, what is necessary for her or provided by the church and then she went to india To take care of, like, the lowest of the low, basically, like, the dregs of uh, society. And in India, they have the caste system still. Yeah. But they also preach uh, Hinduism, where it's like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. you don't want to change your social status, but if you be a good person where you're at, Mm -hmm. you'll be living a better life next time. So pretty much how she was raised and where she grew up taught her that, poverty is okay it's just what you do with that information
0: Uh, which is just i think kind of fucked up
1: yeah additionally she was widely perceived to further disadvantage poor women
0: well considering she was one of saying abortion was what the worst thing in the whole wide world
1: like the greatest destroyer of peace
0: peace. i don't i don't it 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 seems pretty on brand then
1: Mm. um lastly i feel like this is a bit of a stretch personally but I do understand how it can be perceived that way is uh, people felt that her work in impoverished countries or in impoverished neighborhoods was perpetuating the white savior narrative while also while actually embodying, quote, a long tradition of political and spiritual colonialism.
0: No, I see where that's coming from. Yeah. Like I said, it reminded me a lot of the 19, um, wow, the 19, the 1500s when yeah. they had like Franc Franciscan, was that the right ones? I don't know, when they had missionaries come to, like, Latin America. And, I mean, I think anything where you take people who are disadvantaged in any way and you try to push religion onto them Mm -hmm. um, and make yourself seem better because you help them is a white savior narrative. Oh, yeah. I also feel like it doesn't help that she didn't properly take care of the... um, the buildings and the sanitation because i feel like if you were genuinely there to help people yeah like that would be a priority yeah but the fact that at the end of the day it was really just she wanted them to be catholic Mm -hmm. makes me believe that this is this was her perpetuating this white savior narrative in the 1980s even when it i mean sure we still have it today like that's that's a thing but it shouldn't have been you know what i mean
1: yeah like personally i feel like it's It's possible, but I feel like it's a bit of a stretch along the lines of she was raised in this community of helping other people. So she probably didn't see herself as the white savior, but more of I'm just trying to help these people uh, exist in a life that is better than their own.
0: But even that thought is very white saviory because you don't you can't look at a community that isn't yours and assume that they'd be better off with your white um religion or Mm -hmm. your like help that way like i think that is quite ignorant of her and like i would say it's a different time but it honestly wasn't it was only like 50 or so years ago
1: yeah
0: um so i'm gonna stick by that she did perpetuate colonialism
1: I'm also going to put it a bit on the Catholic Church because... Oh, of
0: course. I mean, there are... the
1: Of course. Because uh, I'm not sure if it's in in the Bible or in like the Catholic view of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Coexisting between different religions isn't exactly the uh, ideology. Yeah. It's all about saving and converting to Christianity. It's not about coexisting with these other people. It's like, we need to save you.
0: Yeah. Because again, they think that... Any other religion is almost barbaric compared mm-hmm. to theirs. Which is ties into this like spiritual colonialism and like white savior narrative because yeah. they think that their white God is better than anyone else's of color.
1: Which is interesting considering Jesus was from Israel.
0: But they still won't believe that, you know, Jesus was Middle Eastern. They still paint him as this like literal white, white savior.
1: <laughs> Don't use your beliefs to force other people into changing themselves yeah live your life let them live theirs don't be a dick it's that simple that's simple anyways uh that's my opinion you've heard ours mine megan's Mm -hmm. and the rest as you know is history
0: now if uh, any of you would like to get some sources for this you can email us and we'll email you the sources at at fastpasspodcast.gmail.com you could also email us any requests for future episodes or you can DM us on Twitter at FastPast1. I have been doing a history meme of the day. And I'm not going to brag or anything, but I got us a follower. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So please interact with me because uh, now that I don't have MFA auditions, I am bored. And until next time, Buh-bye. bye bye